What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? We got a little bit of a bonus episode today. We're going to talk about our guy, 87, Travis Kelsey, and his continued dominance on his already Hall of Fame career. Um, and then we're going to talk about the offensive inconsistencies and what's been happening um, and how Chiefs Kingdom has been feeling about those inconsistencies and how we should feel about the offense moving forward because I do think um, they're going to start picking things up. Um, and then we're going to obviously talk about the news that's been going around the league and on the team. So get ready for today's bonus episode. Welcome to the Keem Connect podcast. This is the Kansas City Chiefs Podcast. You're with your producer, Eric Bapartis. Welcome to Keem Connect. We're going to get through this bonus episode today. Hope you guys are all doing very well. It is episode 111 of the podcast, Keem Connect. And again, guys, I know I mentioned this a few episodes ago, but this will be the final season of the podcast. So let's make it strong, guys. I hope we win another Super Bowl, and it will be dope because that will be back-to-back seasons of the podcast and back-to-back Super Bowls for it. So, all right, let's get into this episode. We're going to talk about Travis Kelsey's continued dominance on his Hall of Fame, already Hall of Fame career. Um, and then we're going to get into some of the offensive inconsistencies and stuff. We'll try to make this one uh, one very quick. Nothing too crazy. And then we're going to get our preview episode for uh, the Los Angeles Chargers uh, this coming Thursday on our normal day. So let's go ahead and get to it. All right, so um, – one thing I forgot to mention in the last review episode when we won against the Broncos is that makes win number 16 against the Broncos, 16 games in a row. If you take out the extra game that they've been, they've thrown on to the regular season, we've pretty much beaten them in a regular season. That is crazy to think about how many games we've played them and we've won in a row. I mean, some have been blowouts. Some have been close. A lot have been close, though. I will admit there's probably been a lot more close ones than there have been, like, more blowouts. And it's a division game. That's going to happen. So, all right, let's get into our guy, 87. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about the whole, you know, Taylor Swift stuff, but it was pretty cool to see that they were actually publicly seen together, uh, more photos and um, videos of them uh, getting to cars and stuff. And, you know, partying it up. And that was cool to see. And, you know, I'm glad that they're doing good together and they seem very happy and positive. Um, and, that, and that's cool. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to speculate too, too much. I, I believe that's more so for the Swifties. And I apologize if there's any Swifties listening to this podcast. I'm not going to get too much into, you know, the relationship part because that's just not what this podcast is about. But I am happy for them because I, I'm a big Travis Kelsey fan. He's can play for the Kansas City Chiefs his whole career and he's our guy and you know as long as he's happy you know we're happy so that's cool and I'm happy for uh Taylor Swift of course too so uh happy for them both all right um it and he was at the game he was at his brother's football game yesterday I don't know about her but she uh he was at uh Jason's football game he just wasn't in a suite he was like on the sidelines and stuff just hanging out, chilling, and they they did not win yesterday. They they actually unfortunately lost to the 
the Jets. Oh, and actually, you know what? That actually reminds me. Before we even get too much into this, I actually want to bring this up real quick. And I had mentioned this when we played the the Jets about Robert Sala. I used to be a I was a Robert Sala guy. I'm starting to not really like him and how his mindset has been. I'm like, dude, you know you're not going to make the playoffs this year. You're not. It's just not going to happen. You you weren't going to do it any well. You had a chance with Aaron Rodgers. The moment that Zach Wilson became your guys' starter again, no chance. Now they did win. Um, they they did you know keep a lot of games close in some you know some games. Uh, it was not close in the, the Dallas Cowboys game, but they did they did make Dak. Uh, they did you know cause some mistakes from Dak, but they there was a lot of uh, defensive scores, um, or I should say there was. Uh, more uh, defensive scores from the Cowboys in that game because they were just tearing the offense up. Um, but his defense, apparently, according to him, embarrassed a lot of quarterbacks in this league or this, so far this year for the teams that they've played. You know, they won the game. Of course, he was high and mighty because, you know, they beat the Eagles. No one defeated no more. And, you know, there was the thing about I think the Eagles had won – X amount of, you know, games against the Jets in a row and um, kind of like not like I wouldn't say it was like this. I think it was like 12 wins in a row, probably. And then they just they said, well, he's like, well, that that streak's over 12 and 0 no more is what he said. 12 and 0 no more or some shit like that. Um, and then, you know, he was basically just talking his defense up, just saying like, oh, well, you know, we haven't won every single game, but we we've at least embarrassed the quarterbacks. Okay, man, let me ask you one question, Robert Sala. Are you the head coach for the New York Jets or are you the defensive coordinator for the New York Jets? Let me ask you that question. I mean, I'm pretty sure you practically call the defense just like Andy calls his offense. Um, you know, you have a coordinator, I'm sure, for your defense, but you know it's your defense, but you're the head coach, man. If if you're just going to sit there and just salute your defense for embarrassing quarterbacks, even though you weren't winning, what does that say, man? Yeah, you didn't win all of them, like you said. I don't even know what the Jets' record are. What are they, like two and something? They're three and three. They're 500. And that's, I mean, not, and that's not bad. I mean, they... They very well can go on a win streak. That's that's not impossible. But I just don't see it with their offense. I mean, their defense can only sustain being, you know, I'm not saying they're not a good defense, but they can only sustain trying to be like that every week without their offense. This isn't like us. Obviously, we, we have some inconsistencies right now in offense, but we still have Patrick Mahomes, and that just, that's, that's never going to change. But anyways, for him just to come out and just worry about embarrassing, just embarrassing the quarterbacks and not really technically worrying about the wins. Yeah, he acknowledged that he's like, well, we didn't win all of them, but we at least embarrassed the quarterbacks. It doesn't matter about this. It doesn't matter about that. It's all it matters about W's and L's in this league, homie. That's all it matters about. <clears throat> and the fact that he only wanted to put emphasis on it, it it just bothered me, you know. I'm I'm not I'm not trying to get too much into it because at the end of the day, it's not about this. 
Um, it's not what this episode's about, but that that really bothered me in a way that he he wanted to bring, you know just talk about how he embarrassed we and my defense embarrassed the quarterbacks even though we didn't win every single game. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, you know what you may you know what Mahomes did struggle in that game. We we did struggle a little bit in the Jets game. He did, but guess what? He pulled it out when it mattered at the end, and that's what the great ones do. You didn't stop them when it mattered, and hey, so that's not what I'm going to leave it at. Enough about Robert Sala. I'm just kind of not really being a fan of him anymore. He he's still acting like he's a defensive coordinator and. You know, how about you really get chew into your offense, man? I mean, yeah, your offense, you know, did all right yesterday, but just chew into them a little bit more. And, you know, maybe you might start winning more and more games instead of worrying about just how great your defense is. You know what else great defense is? Our defense, Kansas City defense. Someone said this is like, we're not an offense. We're a defensive team now. And we're just going to have to start accepting that. <laughs> I was like, are we running Marty ball again? We're just run the damn ball and play strong defense. Wild. Um, anyways, uh, let's get on to our guy, Travis Kelsey. Um, now, um, <clears throat> what did I say? Uh, it was questionable that, sorry, I had to pull up my notes. It was, he was questionable at first to play the game, um, against the Broncos. And I'm glad we, obviously I'm glad that he ended up playing, but he wasn't going to miss this game. Um, but he was still dealing with that, that ankle sprain. I, I can't remember if it was high or low ankle sprain. Um, but I'm sure they, they wrapped it up, put a split up, put a splat on it or something like that. And taped it pretty heavily maybe gave him some sort of painkiller if anything maybe some anti-inflammatory um and you know he went to work man that dude travis balled the fuck out in that game i mean it, it's it's crazy how and it's the same with Mahomes. i mean these guys they i mean and i'm not saying that no other players play through injuries a lot of players play through injuries it's not just them they're not just there, you know, there's been a lot of players who have played through crazier injuries that I would even say so. I wouldn't say winning the Super Bowl, though. That's a little bit different. Um, but as a great player, you know, you don't want to miss certain games. You don't want to miss certain moments. And if there's things where you feel like you can play through, then you know what? Then play through it. And he did. And they weren't going to stand in Kelsey's way. I mean, it's up to Kelsey. I mean, he. You know, you can't let him be his own worst enemy. And but most of these players are kind of logical with like what they can and can't, you know, do. And they understand that they have the the right the right health system right behind them and medical, you know, staff that's gonna, you know, get them athletic training staff, I should say, that's gonna get them right. And uh so, you know, for the most part, they, they have to make sure that things are good, you know, at least for their, uh, their, how was I going to say this? You know, they have to make sure everything's right, at least for their tolerance to play the game. That's what I was trying to say. And he obviously he was able to tolerate it because he well over, got a well over 100 yards. It was his first 100 yard uh, game of the year. Um, he's been kind of getting like the 40, 50, 60 range. You know, people have been questioning, will he still get a thousand yards? Yeah, he's going to get a thousand yards this year. It, looking at the way he was playing in that game, it does not look like he looks like the same old Kelsey where he's getting wide the fuck open, knowing how to find the zones. And that's the one thing that, you know, we have to understand with the greatness about him. 
the the ability of him being able to find open zones and understand concepts of Andy Reid's system because I don't think he could just go in it. I'm not I'm not questioning his greatness. I think he could be he could accelerate in a lot of people's offenses if he you know took the time studied the playbook and did what he did because he is that great. But it says one thing being an Andy Reid's offense, and he it changes all the time. But you know, things evolve, I should say. Um, and he's you know, he's running a route based off how the defense is playing, and that's you know, it's all about leverage, just knowing how to you know, plant your feet certain you know, certain ways he uses physics onto the field. Not that other guys don't do that, but I'm just saying what Travis does, and obviously, it's working for him, it's it's made him a successful tight end in this league. You know, you can call him a receiver, whatever the case may be, you know, but he blocks. He does. He's he blocks in every freaking position. But at the same time, you don't need him to be a wide tight end. You don't need him to be that that type of tight end where he's coming up and just blocking all the damn time or he's the blocking tight end in uh, 12, 13 personnel. No, that's not what you're doing. Uh, He's he is the best receiving threat one of the best receiving threats in the league. I, I wasn't going to say the best, but one of the best receiving threats in the league, you you got to utilize them to his strengths. So for these people who just sit there and say, well, he doesn't block, he does block. He does, doesn't block at a high percentage rate as like, a like I said, a, a normal blocking tight end would do. But you got to look at those normal blocking tight ends. They're only getting like three, 400 yards a year. <sighs> They're not getting 12, 13, 1400 yards a year shit that is actually going to be true. Like, like I'm not saying that blocking isn't real production, but like real production, you know, and putting that on the, on the, on the field and putting that into the statistics and getting into the end zone and things like that. That's, that's what we want. We want the scores and that's what his strength is. He's a receiving tight end. He is, he is a big time receiving threat into the, in the national national football league. And he will get a thousand yards this season. I want to say like what he's at? Let me look at his uh, stats right now. He's like at like I want to say he's at least he's at three forty six. So I'm gonna put it right at a thousand. So he needs six hundred and fifty four yards to get to a thousand yards we're not we are about to hit week seven so damn seven weeks already in the damn just crazy it was like man we just we were begging for the damn league to start or for the season to start and oh i keep saying league uh we we're begging for the damn season to start and then fuck we're already seven weeks in the damn fucking season it's crazy i mean there's we still got a monday night game today so it's not technically over with week six but you already know what I mean. <clears throat> what was I getting at? So, uh, whoops, I actually managed that out. Didn't mean to do that. All right, so 654. So we have exactly, so we just played, six, so we have 11 more games, 11 more games left. So 11, so 654 divided by 11. He needs to get 59 yards. He needs to get 60 yards for the remainder of the season per game for him to reach 1,000. 
He's going to get, he's going to fluctuate, obviously, but he's going to have another 100 yard games. He might even go on a streak here on out, you know, with the 100 yards, just based off how Mahomes has been playing and feeding him and trying to feed him. And, and it says one thing. I think um, looking back at the film, you know, there was a lot of things that Mahomes missed, but I, I think looking at Travis Kelsey, I, you know, with him, working his way back into the game. I think Mahomes also wanted to see how he was and seeing that he was moving around. Not, you know, he was starting to move around in the Minnesota Vikings game, but you can kind of tell things. And then he ends up hurting himself. And then before that, it was kind of a slow ease his way into it. Uh, but then he blows up in the Broncos game. So it's like you, I think Mahomes was like, okay, this guy's getting hot. I want to feed him. Let's get our rhythm in. Cause we haven't really gotten our rhythm going so far in the season let's get our thing going our our repertoire what we what we fucking do the best connection in all of sports in my in my opinion um <clears throat> anyways uh so that's what he needs to do to get a thousand yards and he will definitely do that um Kelsey always dominates the division. There's like he they did a stat where like like his stats against each team um, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's like crazy amount of like his wins and his yards and uh, you know touchdowns against each team. It's it's re- he shits on everybody in the division. That's why they try to get out. They try to get these big safeties, these tall corners, these edge, you know, these middle linebackers that can that that can run with tight ends. They they try. They they try to get these edge guys that try to beat them up at the offensive line that are lined up at a, a what a freaking um, like a six tech or something like that, or a seven tech, I should say six and seven. If you're lining over the tight end, you want to beat them up with the the edge guy too. So, you know, they're, they're trying their best to do whatever they can. And it's like, man, I think, I think the division are just like, man, we just got to wait till this dude gets old and fucking falls off. We there's, we've tried everything since this guy has started in the league now he's not saying that he hasn't i mean there's been games where he hasn't had true a lot of production and stuff i mean he did miss his whole rookie year but then playing after that he's had great games and not so great games against them but for the most part he's had a tremendous success and i for the most part that's shitting on them you know for the years he's played and played against and the amount of games he's played against them and <clears throat> It's one of those things where I think they're just the owners, the GMs and players that come and go through those organizations that are just like, man, I've never been able to beat Kelsey or I've never been able to really dominate him like that. Um, They're probably just like, man, we just got to wait till this guy gets old. You know, I'm sure Mark Davis has said that, man, we just got to wait till that guy gets old and freaking has to retire because we can't shut him down. Um, and that's just some guys are just annoying in the division. I mean, that was basically how the AFC that's how the AFC East was with Brady when they realized who this guy was pretty much like 10, 11 years into his career, what the trajectory of where he was going and how great he was. And obviously they were, you know, Bill Belichick and the team, but they had a way for the guy to get out of there. Well, not he didn't retire until he was a buck, but I'm just saying to get out of the division, I should say. Uh, um, pretty much, uh, you know, 
he he's the goat tight end. I mean, there's no pretty much. He he is he is literally definitely the the goat tight end. I'm a Tony Gonzalez guy. Tony Gonzalez was the guy who got me to lo- fall in love with the Chiefs. I mean, he was the first player that I really truly paid attention to like that. Um, and I thought I you know I always believed that he was the greatest until Travis Kelsey came along and you know winning until we started to win the Super Bowls and. The consecutive started getting the consecutive thousand yard seasons, you know, and just being a top five play. Just this the the dominance like that, the consist the consecutive dominance, the consistent dominance, the continued dominance, all of it, and that's what's made him the greatest of all time. He's going to be a Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer, and so is Tony. I mean, just for this organization to have two of the greatest tight ends to play the game, even though I do believe Kelsey is number one. You know, I put I put Tony right at number two, in my opinion. That's that's just me because of Tony's career and his in his legacy and how long he played, too. But this is about Travis Kelsey and he's the goat tight end. You know, I I remember I was watching a little bit of all 22, the Broncos game, and this dude just shits on Alex Singleton every single time. Alex Singleton has does not know what to do anytime he tries to cover Kelsey. Kelsey just puts him in a spin cycle and makes him look silly every single time they play on the field all right Chiefs Kingdom when we get back we're going to go ahead and talk about uh the offensive inconsistencies um now this pretty much kind of the rundown I wanted to talk about with 87 um his continued dominance we just got to appreciate it um he's 34 he's not getting any younger I think you know they're there are there's a terminology called Veterans Day off where they give veterans, you know, days off and uh, practice where they're not having to, you know, come in or they just come in and just try to do some recovery where they're not actually having to focus on the physical part um, or like a practice, I should say, <clears throat> or they just take the day, the entire day off completely. And I, you know, some fans are clamoring that that they should start doing that for Travis. But just knowing who Travis is. He's just he's not that type of guy. He wants to get every rep in. He wants to be about the team. He, he you just know who he is. He didn't even want to miss week 1. You know, and he knew his knee was not right and it was there was not going to be a go for him, but it's just you could just tell, you know, how frustrated he was and how, you know, it, it, you just know he would not do that. He's not going to miss practice. That dude's a freak. He wants to be there every rep and every play and you just you have to appreciate that because that's just uh, more to his greatness i should say all right chiefs kingdom when we get back uh we're going to talk about the offense real quick what's good chiefs kingdom if you guys like this podcast and like what you're listening to i want you guys to go ahead and give it a five-star rating and a good review You can find this podcast on all your major audio platforms, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, You guys can go ahead and follow the podcast only on Instagram, and that's at Kingdom Connect. And then you guys can follow me personally on Instagram and Twitter at Big EKC. That's Big EKC. And like I said, go ahead and give this podcast a five-star rating and a really great review. I appreciate you all. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, we are back. Um, one thing I wanted to, you know, want to want to tell some Chiefs fans, and I I know it's hard for a lot of Chiefs fans to you know see this and admit this. 
I understand we love Patrick. We do. Patrick is the, the greatest quarterback, you know, best quarterback, best quarterback playing today. Um, dude's pl- best player, you know, he's breaking all records, breaking, you know, all stereotypes, you know, just, you know, he's taking us to the mountaintop and he, he's continue and he's going to continue to do that, but he's not above criticism. He would even tell you that, that he's not above criticism. So when these fans get upset, the moment you say that, oh, Mahomes is, you know, like, well, Mahomes needs to pass it to the guy, the wide open guy. And they're like, well, no, he needs to get a wide open more. I'm like, he is open. The guy can't pass the ball to himself. Mahomes needs to pass the ball. I'm not saying that's every time. I'm not blaming the game. I'm not blaming anything on Mahomes. I'm just saying that. Or I'm not blaming him in the way of saying like, oh, you know, games are his fault or, you know, he's he's still doing great things and putting this team in the best position to win and doing what he does. No one's denying that or saying any different of that. But, man, when I do watch the All-22 and I see guys are getting open and I'm only seeing Mahomes look at one person and that's 87. Now, I did say, like, look, there might be a possibility where – you know, maybe he was just trying to get Kelsey back into the rhythm that he was trying to get the rhythm back in the connection. So he was like, all right, I'm going to force feed in his mind. He's like, I'm really going to force feed Kelsey this game because I know he's feeling good and I want to get our chemistry back on going. And then they're going to start. He's like, then he's going to start really trying to feed other guys. And he was starting to do that later in the game. But the I I think you know, there's times where he 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 was holding on to the ball a little bit, and and there are times where guys aren't getting in the right spots, aren't reading the defense correctly, and that's the inexperience. the the biggest The biggest suspect to a lot of fans right now um, in Chiefs Kingdom is Sky Moore, and I hate it. I hate I hate that he is now getting shunned out by a lot of people. A lot of people are bu- calling him a bus, saying that he's this guy, he's that guy. And I just I don't think that's fair. I just don't. Like it's it's not he, he's not he's not a bust. He's not because if if you look at some of the games that he played in like the second half last year and like look at the Chargers game, the the game we played in LA. That game, Sky Moore was dominating. The dude was literally catching, you know, everything from the slot. He was breaking off the nickel every single time. And I just thought that that was going to be his primary role. Now, with him being a young guy, they weren't going to just throw him out there all the dang time. And he didn't create separation every single play, but he created separation on a lot of plays. And it it did help having Juju Smith-Schuster. And I've said this. I'm not going to keep repeating it. It, you know, like I'm not going to repeat the whole, you know, whole thing because I've said this over and over again on episodes, but I'm going to say just the essence. It it goes a long way when you have that experience on the field, when you have a guy like Juju, when you had a guy like Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins and Sammy Watkins, you know, even though Tyree Kill was already a thousand yard receiver with Alex Smith, adding Sammy Watkins helped, helped Kelsey and helped um, Tyree Kill as well. It helped those guys. And because, you know, Sammy Watkins knew how to take a lot of the underneath shit away. And, you know, he even dominated games too when they wanted to take away Tyreek. And when then when we got Juju Smith Schuster, you know, he took away the underneath. 
and helped Kelsey out a lot and helped uh, other players, you know, get production too. And, you know, he would have been a thousand yard receiver and he was already a thousand yard receiver. Ben Roethlisberger, it's, it goes a long way. You need that experience out there. And, and Sky Moore, his rookie year, half his rookie year was compromised by them thinking that he was a punt returner. I hate that Andy Reid does that to his rookie receivers sometimes, that he thinks that he needs to throw them at punt returners, and they're not punt returners. Now, it's, I know it's a Tobe thing more than anything because he tries to give Tobe the full, full control, but it's like, dude, man, you got to oversee this stuff and like just see that it's not, it wasn't working, and they just kept leaving him back there until the point was like, dude, it's already halfway through the season. Like, you know, he could have he should he could have 400 yards right now receiving. But no, you want him to too busy to worry. You want him to worry about this damn thing so much. And, you know, that killed his confidence to the fact that he couldn't even focus on being a receiver. So he was jacking up even at that at times. But the second half got better. And even in the second half got better with his punt returning, too. And that was more just receiving the ball, not, you know, and not not muffing it. Now, again, I'm not I'm not saying th- this is Mahomes' fault, but he's he's got to see the wide open guy. You know, if he's wide open, pass it to him. There was a play where you know Justin Watson was wide open. I mean, I I can't remember if he hit Kelsey on the underneath or if it was an incomplete pass. I I can't remember specifically, but Justin Watson, uh, they they basically the safety and the corner bit down onto uh, Travis and the. Um, the other single high safety or the back, the the deep backside safety help was just too late to get over. Was gonna was gonna be too late to get over if Mahomes would have threw it downfield, and he he just didn't hit it. Now they tried hitting. Now he saw that I'm sure because he tried hitting it again, and then that's when Justin Watson got hurt. So, um, it it's just it's just certain missed opportunities, and it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. I believe so. There's just some inconsistencies now. And it's not just with the pass. I mean, there's some inconsistencies with the run. You know, I think they just need to go ahead and just leave 25 alone and keep 10 and keep number one and let those guys go to work and don't jack around with anything else. And make let those guys just run up the field and then bring McKinnon in on third downs and put him in, in the goal line or when you're just deep in the red zone. It's just crazy what you know certain things um that happen. You know, but the one thing I will mention about Travis Kelsey, you know, that I didn't mention uh earlier is that he he's always helped other guys around because everybody's known that, you know, when we had Tyreek, he was obviously a threat, you know, Sammy was a threat, and then Juju was, you know, a certain threat. But everybody knew that Kelsey was the the golden ticket. Kelsey was the uh, was the Joker. Kelsey was the guy that Mahomes was always going to try to feed. And that was the one like we got to beat this guy up. We cannot let this guy beat us up. So Kelsey helps a lot of these guys, you know, too, to get open. Um, speaking of red zone, man, we were poor as fuck in the red zone. We've just been poor in the red zone for a while. I don't know why we were one for five on the night. That's a struggle. That is bad. We cannot be one for five in the damn red zone, man. Fucking score and stop stalling. You're doing all these damn fucking cuteness shit plays, but you know, it, it, it almost makes you wonder if like Andy Reid looks as the Broncos is like, look, this is what we do. We, 
we unload the clip on the Broncos to see what works and what doesn't work because we kind of look at it as like a practice game. And that, I mean, someone had speculated that. I, I, I can't remember who, um, but that was pretty funny when I heard it. I'm like, well, that, I mean, hell, I mean, you do see – you do you do see us tend to do a lot of crazy ass plays against the Broncos for some reason because you know maybe he just feels like it's easy. Well, I think it's just Andy. Just you know, you see the guys all the time. You see him twice a year, and it's just you know it, there's some tendencies that you start to see on a consistent basis. So it's like you know maybe you can throw this trick play in here at this time because you know it's going to throw them off, and you can get positive production out of it. But still, they need to be better in the red zone. Stop doing this trickery, you know, you know, moving forward. And again, you know, with the whole the fake the fake punt and then running up and, uh, you know, trying to go for the um, the QB sneak, you know, that takes time for a player to run up like the, the defense knows what you're doing because they see you just running up. Like it's not it it doesn't throw a team off like now obviously if the Mahomes just line up in normal QB the QB sneaks that they they know it's coming but at least at least you can kind of prepare for it better and strategize the blocking without like having the you know the 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 guy the tight end coming up and just running up and just not getting really you know a complete set to you know leverage himself into the damn end zone it just it just does it just doesn't work. Just do it. Just fucking run normal QB sneak with Mahomes and stop playing around. Just stop. I don't get it. This there's Tony quarterback stuff, and he should have handed off the ball. And I don't know why he took it. And that's what happened. And that's why we were in the situation we were in because of the stupid shit. We got to stop with the cuteness. Um, now. That's pretty much kind of the inconsistencies and in what I want to talk about the offense. I think it's going to get better. I think guys are going to find their way. Rice is probably the most productive, probably going to be the most productive guy, though. But if they leave Sky more on the slot, you guys are going to see dangerous things if they decide to leave him the slot and not think and stop making him that thinking that he's this all around receiver and you're making him line up against these freaking six foot th- two corners that are going to freaking lock his ass down because he's only 5'10. Come on now, you gotta make this man play to his strength. Stop playing around. All right. Um, one thing I wanted to mention uh, about the defense just for a second, and then we're gonna get out of here. Um, McDuffie, man. He, I mean, he, you can't say enough about Trent McDuffie. I think he is the best corner in the league right now. Um, I don't, I can't, I mean, sauce garden. I mean, sauce gardeners kind of like had like bad couple bad games last night. And he's, he's on IR now he's hurt. Um, and, and I'm not trying to say nothing bad about injury injuries suck. And, you know, but Trayvon Diggs is out on the shelf. I mean, you know, you got other guys that are playing well. I'm not saying other guys aren't playing well. You know, I, I haven't looked at the PFF grades and I try to not take PFF you know, I try not to, you know, take everything, you know, seriously with them because some of the stuff I don't understand how they're getting their grades. But he is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. If you want to put him at number one, then you know what? I am because I'm biased and that's just me because I'm a Chiefs fan. But, you know, the, his ability to, you know, to do what he's done. I mean, you see the way he, le- you know, the way he plays defense on players, the, the sticky coverage, you know, the way he leverages his, you know, his, you know, 
his you know his type the way he leverages his type of coverage that he does on um, receivers is he's able to put his body well enough onto him not where he's interfering them to where if like they even catch the ball like he's he's already pushed them well enough out of bounds that it's just like it's incomplete because the way the way that he's able to contort his body and his coverage you know he's just he's just and he's got a knack for the ball the dude's got three three force fumbles in the last in the last five games. I mean, he, he had one week one, I believe so. Um, I know he had one last week, and I know he had one in the uh, the, the Vikings game. So the dude is just he's he's tur- he's causing turnovers. You know, Bills fans got to be sick right now. They got to be sick to their stomachs because they knew. I don't know if anybody, any fans in their fan base, wanted McDuffie or knew McDuffie was going to be there. But it was speculated that Brandon Bean, their GM, he that his eyes were on Trent McDuffie and that when they saw him drop, that they were hoping that he was going to be there. And then we made the, and then we traded with New England and thank God for Brett, uh, Bill Belichick, you know, because ultimately I think I think they're I think that pick that we gave them, I think that pick they got Christian Gonzalez. So ultimately we helped we helped each other get our our star corners. If, if you're asking me. Or or maybe that maybe Christian Gonzalez was their natural first round pick. I can't remember. But if if we, if they got Christian Gonzalez out of that, we helped each other get our star corners. Unfortunately, Christian Gonzalez is hurt for the rest of the year. But still, I think um, you know McDuffie's. You know he having him in this defense, and then Lejerry Sneed on top of that too. They're the best corner duo right now in the league. Um, they move around everywhere. LeJarrius Sneed usually is starting to shadow the number one receiver. And then McDuffie, they're having him completely just eliminate your second best guy. Um, and they'll do some double coverages too on, you know, certain, uh, certain guys as well. I mean, man, they freaking, they shut down Justin Jefferson. They really shut his shit down. They were like, we are not letting you beat us today. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't care. You know, that's the thing. Legere Sneed, he does like that's one the one thing about like lo- love about Legere Sneed is he does not give a shit who you are. He don't care how long you've played in this league. He doesn't care what what legacy you have, you know, what your name is. He's gonna try his hardest to lock your shit down. And he's gonna and he's gonna fight you at the he's gonna fight you at the line of scrimmage too. And that's you love that. He's an old school, he's an old school corner. And, you know, McDuffie's got an old school mindset, too. You know, he plays inside and outside. You know, they're blitzing with them both. I mean, it's crazy what they're doing with our corners, what Spags is doing, man. And I know Spags, man, he's happy. You know, that was the one thing that, you know, you know, Brett Veach, you know, he wanted to do was, you know, really get this defense, you know, young and fresh. And that's what he's done. And, you know, look at the seven draft picks that contributed to this defense it's amazing probably will go down as one of the best draft classes you know it should go down as one of the best draft classes in nfl history i'm not gonna say the best but one of the best because just to have all seven players contribute in the super bowl too come on now that's ridiculous and they're and they're all playing light they're all playing a lot better in their second year which is what you want you don't want them to have sophomore slumps <clears throat> now, when we get into the uh, preview episode for the next game, I'm going to talk a little bit about Brett Veach because there's some people that are, you know, bitching now want to bitch and complain about Brett Veach not drafting receivers and stuff and not being able to find the talent. 
I was going to get into a little bit of today when we were talking about some of the inconsistencies, but I'm going to save that for the preview episode. I think Brett Veach has a different mindset about how he wants to go about the offseason every single year. And it's always about how the season it's always going to be about how the season ended the last year. And he's going to he's going to do it. He's going to try to do it dramatically and very, very, you know, strategically. And he's gotten better every year as a general manager. And I will go to the grave with that one. Um, now, one thing I wanted to mention on Nick Bolton's uh, interception, uh, how the play was going, because it was a beautiful play. And, and it's one of it goes to uh, show the positive of what our linebacking room is evolved to just to have all four linebackers just play at the level that they're playing is crazy in itself as well um i was watching all 22 and i saw the 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 bolton interception and you know how well he read it it was a perfect communication between drew tranquil and nick bolton and it goes to show you obviously the veteran experience from nick from drew tranquil and then how it was able to relay it to the intelligence with uh nick bolton and i don't even think they even probably even said anything to each other it's just just knowing you know this how to read a field read the field and you just play off of each other you know obviously based off the coverage too now how it was i i don't know what i want to say they were probably in some form of you know, like some form of static, you know, staggered cover two or whatever. It, 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 I almost thought it was like a cover six. I thought it was a quarter, quarter, half, but it wasn't. It was like a staggered, staggered cover two. Um, and you, you, we were in nickel. You had, you had, uh, uh, you had um, Drew playing the buck. And then you had Nick at the mic. And Nick dropped a little bit. And you know it was like the that it was like that second receiver the second receiver ran i want to say he ran down a little bit past the seam like a little bit over the um over the hashes or like to the outside of the hashes and probably more probably right in between the hashes and the numbers even though that's not really of a the far you know distance but like right into that area you know it was almost like a you know like a seam like a seam uh quarter seam or whatever um quarter seam coverage i should say for nick bolton for his drop but you had you had um drew tranquil almost like do like a seamed flat uh coverage i believe if you want to if you want to look at it this way if you play madden you know i don't really play madden like that but if you play madden um you have um well you know, I, I guess I guess I can't say I don't play Madden like that. I have I do play like I play it for a long time and then I stop playing it for a long time and then I play it for a long time. And then I stopped playing it for a long time. But there is a play on there uh, that I can recall. It's called cover to sync. And I believe this was kind of like similar to the coverage, not literally the coverage, but similar because you had Nick Bolton sink down um, into that. Uh, it was like a seam quarter seam coverage and the receiver before nick really dropped that far the receiver was right before the receiver hit his spot drew was going to trail with him but drew saw the running back go out to the flat or it was like more of the or maybe it was um is either uh that or it was a, a motion player i can't remember it was either the motion player or it was running back that went out to the flat but basically drew read that and you know instead of keep on falling back with to the um with the receiver that went down to the seam and because he knew nick bolton was gonna tr was gonna run down there and follow that 
So he didn't need to carry that no more because he saw what was in front of him. He ran down to take care of the because it's a zone coverage, but it's almost like a match, like kind of like a match, essentially. And he ran towards uh, that running back out into the flat. So he seemed to flat coverage that one ran down the seam and edged it out down or broke it down to the flat. And then you had Nick Bolton take that fucking receiver who went down there and he dropped down to the spot perfectly. And I don't think uh, Russell didn't know Nick was going to drop that far because he probably thought Drew was going to, you know, follow him because he, you know, he would have broke Drew off. But Drew was like, nope, I'm going to I'm smart and I'm going to get the guy right in front of me. Nick, because I know Nick Bolton's going to carry that guy right there. And Nick Bolton did. And Nick Bolton jumped the route and got the got the interception. So well, didn't jump the route like that. He's just the right spot and got the interception. So that's just that's just good coverage, good communication. Um I'm not on YouTube, so if you guys, if I was, I would draw that out for you guys. It's kind of hard. I would actually probably have the film clip up there and point out what I was specifically talking to. But, um, yeah, just not on YouTube. So um, that's kind of my explanation of what I saw in that play on Bolt, Nick Bolton's interception. So if you want to look at it from a Madden's perspective, if you want to think of the coverage, I believe it like was like similar to like a cover two sink in a way. But it it, it wasn't. That's just what it it could be similar to all right chiefs kingdom this was supposed to be a bonus episode a short bonus episode but ended up going a little bit longer just like always because i love talking to you guys i love talking on this podcast i just love sharing my thoughts my opinions how i feel about the game how i feel about the chiefs i love this team i love this game love the game of football love being a chiefs fan so all right chiefs kingdom that's going to go ahead and do it for this bonus episode hope you guys all enjoyed it and just remember Travis Kelsey is the greatest fucking tight end of all time. Best believe that bitch. And with that being said, the connect is always real.